the Spider-Verse! Welcome to episode 14 of the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. We are a Spider-Man-themed podcast with a Goomba twist and proud members of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. I am one of your co-hosts, Consigliere of the Coalition. I am Peter Anvera, but I cannot do this alone. And like uh, sausage, I come with peppers and onions. So let me introduce you to my captain, Nico Caruso. Nico, how you doing, buddy? Sir, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, brother? I am. I'm, uh, no, nothing's better than when I'm with you two gentlemen. And of course, better. the legendary godfather himself, the king of Chicago, Papa Webb's Nick Caruso. How are you, sir? Absolutely terrific here on this so, pre-Thanksgiving uh, podcast. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, we're, and we've yep. been on a consistent schedule here. We've pretty much been getting these out once a month, so it's nice. It's nice when we're you know, on a routine. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to start off with um, my favorite, one of my favorites, uh, the Fox animated Spider-Man show, uh, the Hobgoblin part one and two. Um, can you guys think of a cartoon that is as jam packed with backstabbing and <laughs> double standards as these two episodes, the Hobgoblin and Norman Osborn are playing everybody for a fool. And it's amazing. It's absolutely crazy. And I, it was fun to watch these two episodes because again, it's been a while, but he is just, and that is our guy, Mark Hamill. Oh yeah. Um, oddly enough, he, he play he's voices him terrifically, but just the shenanigans he's pulling the double crossing, like you said, between Kingpin and Norman is just epic, man. Hot, right. It's an episode of, of, uh, of just well, it's two episodes, just pure betrayal back and forth. There's no honor among thieves. They yeah, say. what the so hell, man? This part is the going back and forth, and then Osborne and Kingpin are back together at the end. Oh, it's so it's like, well, well, I wanted to take him down, but now I can have your empire, and now I want your gadgets. Now I want this. It's just yeah. it's just the battle for power, um, which yeah. is hilarious. You got that going on. Then you got some really good moments with Peter, Aunt May. And Harry Osborne, we get a little bit inside the life of Peter. Peter's moved out. Uh, Harry needs the uh, the responsible roommate in order for his dad to yes. buy his, uh, rent his apartment for him, uh, which goes in line with uh, you know the Raimi movies, how Norman tries to buy love instead of actually trying to earn it and give it to his son. Um, and by episodes end, you see Norman really kind of come clean and realize how important Harry is to him. But that doesn't always stay around with Norman. He's easily distracted by work. Um, I was really fascinated by i would say just how involved the hobgoblin was from start to finish like just having his hands and everything from not just double crossing everyone but then like when peter gets involved he remembers peter from the uh like the the uh what's it called the um the, the opening ceremony of the building like mm -hmm. it's just yeah. so well interconnected with so many moving parts that and it moves at such a fast pace it's 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 kind of brilliant to me how they were able to just balance everything out. You know, here's the thing with the show in general. The show, why it was such a favorite of mine is it plays like a comic book. Mm -hmm. And it plays like particularly I, what it is, Spider-Man. I mean, there's so many storylines going on, Pete. And, you know, the action sequences, the battles between him are great. I mean, it's a lot of fun to see that. And, and you could see also the... um what's going on in the background, the personal stuff. Like you said, Peter moving out is an emotional moment in this, in this um, episode. And I, I get really touched when Aunt May, when he tells his aunt and she goes to the sink and yeah. the tear comes down her yeah. eye. 
And yeah. it's just, it, it's just really, it, again, it feels when I watch the show, it feels like I'm reading a comic book. Do you feel that Aunt May knows he's Spider-Man? There's certain parts of this episode where Spider-Man, Hobgoblin are on TV and Peter's in the room and she's kind of giving him like a warning. And again, she, she the tear, like there's parts of it, like she's got to know. You know, I don't know. I don't get that from this. Do you see that's always been my thing, like in the Raimi films and then in this show and in parts of the comics, does I she, like that she. idea of like the does she doesn't see. And, and you're right, especially towards the end of the episode when she says how, how good it was that he saved Kingpin, you know, even though he did that when he was Peter, but you're right. I feel like it's one of those. Or it's like that convenience of the writing of like, it's like trick and have the audience yeah. play fun. Like, Oh, how is she like commenting on everything? All oh, that she and or how like how Spider-Man should do it. You're right. She's warning him. She's making him be cautious. I still am a firm believer in the camp. If you had to place me in one, whether it be in all media, I'm in the camp where she knows, but never says it. Yeah. That's what I, I choose to way. believe. That's what I choose to believe. It's an interesting take. I guess I've been old school. I've always felt that, she really doesn't know. And I've been in the camp where, you know, it's so obvious to hear you guys talk about it and say like, well, how could she not? But I'm, I'm in that old school comic book thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Well, parents always know what their kids are doing. I don't know. What are you doing? You moved out now. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you know what I mean. There you go. Um, yeah. I, I, I appreciate like what this show does probably the best out of any Spider-Man medium is even more than the comics are just spider-man's responses to everything that hobgoblin says like there's never it, it's always pretty quippy oh yeah yeah he's always got some sarcastic answer but in these two episodes there's almost a dark side of spider-man that we're we, we've yet to see right even so like we when we talked about the black suit stuff like when Aunt may gets hurt he takes that really personally she's really lying in a coma in the hospital and he's really going after the hobgoblin to the point where he's making deals with Norman, yep. you know, yeah. like they're, they're planning things out. And I think that's really fascinating. It's just, everyone is, you know, it's, I, I would love to take a shot for every time someone double cross somebody. In this, oh, in in this these two episodes, I'd be hammered by the end of the first one. It's hilarious. 15 minutes. You're done. Yeah. It, it's really fascinating. Um, And I just, I, I love the Kingpin in this. Oh, he's great. So good. From his, from how he manipulates Hobgoblin to do what he wants to, you know, the, the, they escape the the Empire State Building and then they use Spider Man to get the Hobgoblin out, which is just another one of his manipulation tactics. And whenever I, I mean, I love that like Western European voice that this guy has for. Oh yeah, like for me, very nice. Yeah, he's yeah. got like the. Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will destroy you. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. For as he... good as D'Onofrio and even Michael Clark Duncan were, like it's that I always envision that like kind of accent for the kingpin and it's cool how the show elaborates how kingpin is a larger figure throughout the world not just the city like the, you know this is the the center of crime for the entire world i dig that and that's what motivates the hobgoblin actually yeah the one thing i like too is at the beginning too he explains to Smythe, i believe that he has to keep his image up so that's why he's opening that foundation or whatever yeah, yeah. and um and then i like love criminal to... institute or something yeah, right. And then I love how when the hobgoblin takes over for a sec, he's in his chair cutting all yeah. cutting all of the crime deals and everything. Like, yeah, I'll give you a raise. But yeah, like, yeah. 
Oh, it's hilarious stuff. There's a lot of good humor in these with with uh, the Hobgoblin. And and I like, one thing I was able to really notice this time that I like, I really appreciate Hamill's performance because there's like shades of like where you're like, oh, he's Joker-esque, but he yeah, doesn't go too it. Joker-esque with it. But there's just a little bit enough, but then he does do it in a different way, which I give him a lot of credit. And Pete, I like how you touched on the darkness of Peter in here too. When M.A. gets hurt, he takes it very seriously there's the one line where like someone tells him like oh uh do you know where he's gonna be and he's like yeah i know where he's gonna be like he does that like dark voice thing yeah. where you can tell he's really aggressive which yeah, i mean just adds layers to the character and he's human at the end of the day he shows his emotion there have been there are moments throughout this series where he he does show that anger spider yeah. and he gets a little bit um it's a it's a different side. You're right. It's a yeah. different side. It's one thing to read it in the books, but to hear him be so vengeful, yeah, I think it's cool. Like you said, it shows you that he's human. Yeah, and then you know all the all the stuff Pete battles with in his personal life. The only thing with this show is he's he is big with the women though. Oh, he's big with the women. He's, he's big with the women in this yeah, show. Parker you know Luck, has imagine his Parker Luck, Harry. Yeah. Could you imagine somebody being like, hey? Let's move in together in this beautiful place, and it's all paid for. It's all paid for. You just right? have to live there. Yeah. All you have to do is show up. And then he's like, oh, yeah, this will work because I could just swing out of the window. <laughs> it's great. This, for is perfect. this is and fantastic. I, I don't know how many guys can get their, you know, their, I don't know, their, their GFF to uh, just sit there with their sick aunt while they're MIA, you know? Like, right. <laughs> that's a, I was that's like, man, you've got too, MJ yeah. already wrapped around your finger, bro. Like, you're yeah. not even really dating. Between that, the black cat. She's waiting there while you're doing God knows what. She doesn't even know where you are. Exactly. And it's like everyone loves to give, I mean, and rightfully so, because he does Peter doesn't tell anybody what he's really doing, but it's like the doctor's like, Where have you been? That's the problem with kids today. You don't know what's really important. Yeah. And then you segue into Norman trying to save Harry and like it's all that good stuff. But some really good uh, action, I think, in the episode between uh, Peter, uh, Spider Man and Hobgoblin. I love watching the Hobgoblin just fly around throwing these pumpkin bombs, man. It is just fantastic with with Hamill's laugh and all these cool like uh, digital backgrounds and everything. I I love this show. It's just so and then cool. when he gets his double, his glider right. to go on his glider. Yeah, I love that he gets the bigger one that just slides in. Yeah, it's so cool. It's one of my it's favorite technology aspects. things on this show. Oh yeah, one yeah, of my favorite dude. aspects of this show is how like those archways of the empire state building open up and it's like a helipad. Yeah. Like I was like, that's kind of ingenious. Does that really work? <laughs> Is no. that like a real thing? We said this, didn't we say this in one of the first episodes? Like they had a pretty big, like technological leap on this show. Like you just said, it's like some of the things that they have on this for the time this came out, like that's a leap. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? You, but you were seeing stuff like that in the comics too. They were, they were just kind of right, fair, fair. When you think of the Baxter building, Pete and um yeah some of the stuff that I was reading in the late seventies and early eighties and stuff even Avengers Mansion mm-hmm. I mean that was like it right in the middle of New York it was planes going in and out Quinjets circling around and stuff talk about bring bring danger to a a major metropolitan yeah. area and, and danger right putting the lives of millions of people at risk there but it just was cool it was like that's the one thing Marvel did. Just not to talk about DC Marvel, but because they're everything was in New York per se. Yeah, it just all felt like it. It was like a regular city with all these superheroes, you know, where DC was segmented. Right, they're people all were all out. across the country. 
they were spread out. Um, that's always been the charm of Marvel, I think. Yeah. And the show Perfect captures releases. it. I agree with you guys Perfect because releases. you're seeing buildings open, you know, gliders. Well, no Jameson in these. Yeah. No Jameson uh, in these. Yeah, so I, the, that was a little bit of a He's oddly yeah. absent. Oddly absent. He's yeah. been a big piece of it. It's really Spidey, Kingpin, and Jameson. Have been uh, like there's the enough in there where I don't miss JJ, to be brutally honest. Oh, same. You same know? here. Oh yeah, there's enough characters, and Thank I think you. I think sometimes you need a it, to show good. You need a break from everybody like that, especially with how involved Jameson was in those first couple. Yeah, it was they got scorpions and Venom. Like he was heavily involved in those exactly. Previous episodes. And that that's was it. That Venom was a three parter. Yeah, know? like he he's been around. Like I I don't miss that. That's what I'm saying. Like the balance was really good. They didn't try to force something that wasn't there because you had the turmoil without May, Peter moving in, uh, and the balance between Osborn, Kingpin, and the Goblin. I, you know, it's pretty masterful, honestly. Like it, it they don't, they don't miss anything here. No, it's no, great. It's, it's great writing. It, it, you know, it's, it's it really, really is. Produced. And um, again, even though a lot of it is adapted from from stories in the comics, it 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 does feel to me, it feels fresh and original. It doesn't feel like when I'm watching this show, in particular, these two episodes, like oh, I read that. Yeah, Pete. You know what I mean? Like I could go back to Amazing Spider-Man two sixty four or something like that. It's different. It's it's absolutely. Just great stuff, man. It, and it, the it, mystery behind the Hobgoblin. Like, we don't know who he is yet. That happens yeah. much later on. Yes. And it, it's a little bit up. different than what, what happens in print. But, you know, like all the other villains, like we know Venom's Eddie Brock. We know about Matt Gargan. Um, I believe, who else did we get involved with earlier on? We got like, Rhino for a little bit. Rhino. Yep. Okay. So like, like his face isn't covered, but like the, the mystery of the Hob, nobody knows who he is. Right. You know, he's just this freelance, gu- literally freelance gun for hire. He's almost like kind of like a death stroke in a way, right? He's just yeah. a little bit, yep. And he's again just backstabbing everyone in the way to just get what he wants. It's great. I love it. This is I, man, I this might be the most fun I've had to date since we started doing this rewatch. Just because it's it's so fast paced. Oh, it's, it's so it's almost fun. like Black Adam, like it just starts and doesn't stop. Yeah, it just it's it exactly just goes, right. It just yeah, goes. you're right. And when the when the first episode ends, you're like, oh, it's it's over already. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, and you're like yeah. I, the two of them back to back is a great watch. Oh, it's a great watch. And the the series kind of takes a turn for this. Like we have one more episode in this season, and then I believe it all becomes like parts of like a two or three part uh, run. Starts so, being connected. Everything starts connecting. Yeah. Right. And then we'll get yeah. into some really crazy stuff. But I I had so much fun getting into <laughs> these two episodes. I it was a blast. Like I when I watched this as a kid, the Hobgoblin was my goblin. Then this yeah. show heavy influence on me and my Spider-Man sensibilities. Likewise. So, man, I mean, for me, like I'm just so happy to just sit back and watch it and just all the chaos that ensues. It, it was, was my introduction to the Hobgoblin. And uh and he became a character I had like the figures of and everything. And then when yeah. I went to go read the Hobgoblin stuff, which is some of the best Spider-Man stuff ever, it was like it was much more complex than the show. Oh, like, oh it's like a mystery who yeah. he is. I'm like, oh, in he just kind of shows up in the show and starts doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool. Lead you. Is it Ned? Is it not Ned? Who yeah. is Yeah. And, uh, you know, so th- that that's great stuff. I'd lo- we, did, we should did, talk about that one day. Did you guys read Goblin Wars? Did you read that yet? Well, was that's that the Superior War? Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, not that one, no. Okay. I didn't get into that. Like, once they took Doc Ock and put him in Peter's, I thought that was a little yeah. weird. It's a little yeah, I wasn't into the Superior. A lot of people are. A lot, a lot of people no, are. I know, I know. I, I, know. I was just not into the whole Doc Ock. No, it was different, but it was it's a cool story, though. Is it? I yeah, really yeah. dig it. They, they, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. supposedly well-written. One day I'll get to it. But, uh, it not uh, you know, 
we'll, we'll get there at some point. One There's day. a lot to read, right? There's oh, a God. lot to read. I, I can't keep up with it. So, um, all right, let's take a, let's take a turn. We talked about some Fox fighting. Now let's talk about some print. Um, let's get into this first. Let's talk about the uh, uh, Spider-Man volume four issue number one, which uh, retroactively is now called the end of the spider verse um, written by uh, Dan Slott, drawn by Mark Bagley. I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. I was really impressed. Like I thought that uh slot brilliantly juggled all the characters. Uh, we got some Moreland. Is it Moreland? Is that how he pronounced his name? Merlin Moreland. Yeah. Merlin? It's, it's one of the two, you know, as long we, as we have the in Lynn yeah. at the end is right. <laughs> he's bringing he, uh, the, the man from the back in the day with the spider totems, he's back and, uh, He's kind of he, 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 there's a nice little battle that ensues in the big city and you get everyone involved. Spider-Woman Miles is involved. Spider-Man Noir pops up at some point. Um, uh, and eventually he, we find out that, uh, you know, Spider-Man Noir is the, uh, essentially one of the bad guys and yeah. kills Spider-Woman. So I thought they juggled a lot and they pretty much explained it pretty thoroughly. It's an oversized book. It came out at five bucks, four ninety nine. What do you guys think of this issue? You know what? I enjoyed it, too. Um I'm I'm someone here. I'm going to ask my son or you to explain that character to me. But it starts out as a is just kind of a little solo Spidey action, right? Mm-hmm. Norman asks him to help him out here with the truck being stolen. Yeah, and you get you know that relationship he has with the city. He's playing off the crowd a little bit, protecting them. And then for me, the Spider Verse stuff. I just never really read that stuff. Yeah. I like Spider Island and all that. So it's you. all it's but all the, strange. Like I know, obviously, one? I know Miles and I know Julia Carpenter and I, I know individual stuff. But when I saw the movie, of course, which I love, the first animated movie, mm-hmm. that stuff was all kind of new to me. It's like Spider Noir, Spider Pig, all that, Spider Ham, whatever. Oh, Spider. So <laughs> when this is when this is taking place. You all right? So you're presented right away with there's this big threat coming, and and Peter's like the sacred spider, right? They've got to no, they've no. got to protect him at all costs, right? Six one six, right? So they, I get the girl, I get into that right away, Pete, because I'm like, yeah, man, they go. got to protect Peter at all costs. <laughs> so this guy shows up. Explain to me, he eats. He wants to eat him. Who is this character? Because I know uh, nothing about I Marlin. He was created by JMS. Is this a JMS? Yeah. Character? So he was at the JMS, and so is uh, Shathra, who's that other female-looking spider goddess thing that, that is the black it thing. Like, <laughs> it looks like controlling a lot of the. Yeah. Other Spider Verse characters at okay. the end, like Spider Noir, Spider Punk looks. But like is it the evil. goal of him is to eat to eat so, the spiders? So he wants to help him in here. So when right, he's but, but in, in the history, so when he's introduced like in the he, JMS stuff, you're led to believe it's a pretty interesting story. That so in this book opens, do you see how it says like he didn't ask to be? It right. was random. It happened. Right. So in the JMS stuff, Pete, and you you could correct me if I'm wrong, because I did just recently read this stuff, mm-hmm. um, but you were led to believe that maybe the powers did come from this totem and okay. there was this spider that it was god predestined. Thing, and that yeah. he was predestined yeah. and chosen. And like, who is the spider god though? And, they and never... Erlen's kind of like the prophet who is coming to explain all this to him. And that's where like, there's a version of Ezekiel. Yeah. Okay. Who's studying Putting in the right. work. I love it. Right. Really the- exactly. And then Shathra is actually one who is able to like manipulate and go on the news and try to ruin his life that way. Okay. But why is he so frightened of Merlin? He's so well, frightened. 
because he thinks all that shit's gonna happen again. Okay, where he, where, I think where, it's simple. Okay, it basically, it's like okay. to me, he's more frightened of him than even Venom was in, really in the old days. Okay, because he's really yeah. powerful. Yeah, Mer- Merlin's really kind powerful. of the start of like Spider-Man's bigger than Peter Parker, right? I like, got you. Okay, it's like th- there is a Spider-Man for for in every yeah. universe type thing. Like it, it it's it's weird because like JMS kind of created this without knowing he created this. But I, if you if if you want to go back and read Slot's original Spider Verse, I might it's have fantastic. To. It's oh, really it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really yeah. I mean, it to. juggles so many ver- like we're talking like he includes the Japanese Spider Man in that story effortlessly. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Spidey manga. It's uh... yeah. Well, the old Japanese TV show, like that's oh. with the robot and the and the wrist. Oh thing. wow. Okay. Oh, oh, it's it's one of the greatest like ensemble it's... comics ever. Created. Do we have it? We don't. No, have it. I'm not a fan of the. Slot stuff overall, but that stuff was that's great. the best. Yeah. That's the cream like, of the that was, if you ask me. Okay, that, that was, that was the best. Same it's really too. cool. Oh, it's and absolutely maybe, magnificent. Maybe I will have you read that because you'll get a lot more. I'm gonna have today. to, yeah. I gotta get, I gotta because I don't, I like knowing because you know that piece with me too. I like to know the backdrop, yep. And that, that that's what inspired the movie and all that, but it's like it's for me, it, it's it's like the Marvel version of like. Uh, Infinite Crisis, where it involves just every, but the Spider-Man version actually, just every Spider-Man character you could possibly think of, yeah, for a grand event and a, and a huge outcome. The original Spider-Verse is a, is an instant classic, in my opinion. It just it's it just great, ends. it's good stuff. Like yeah, you, so that so again, movie. just to finish, it feels it's a great story because it just feels big, right? Yeah, I feel like and so big. like the concluding pages of this, and by the way, the artwork is is exceptional. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, Mark Bagley's. I mean, you got you got one of the goats back, John the goat, and visually, it's it's just so satisfying. The panels are great, the action's great, the characters all look really cool. Um, that guy does remind me of Mister Sinister a little bit from the X Men. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, Merlin, 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 whatever his name well, is. We'll talk about Sinister in a little bit. Yeah, he does look like a little bit of a rip off of that, but otherwise, um. Yeah, I, I, and unfortunately, we didn't make it to the comic shop this week, but I'm, I'm gonna try to go. I'm curious what happens, you know, uh, before Thanksgiving, because I, I, like I told you, Pete, these spider books are, are, they're really the only thing right now that are generating me to want to go and pick these books up and not let them sit there for three, four weeks sometimes, like I, I have been. Mm-hmm. No, the, the Spider Man stuff's really good. What I really like is, um, when they go to like the spider sanctuary, like, the safe place, how it kind of looks like that old school, like fifties type print, you know, yeah. With the yeah. Little dots. Like, I, I dig that. And uh, I read issue two that goes a little bit more into that in issue two. So um, I'm interested to see what you guys hear about that, but it, I mean, it's, this is a really grand story. I think it's, I think so far it's on level with Spider-Verse just cause like I could tell how big this is going to be. We got That's Julia a- Carpenter. We've got all these spiders. Um, I, I'm, I had a blast with this. I, I really went into this, kind of like toe in the water and then i raved about issue one to the point i believe i convinced chris evans to pick it up you know i I think he was like i gotta do some googling and i was like oh yeah yeah you're definitely gonna have to do some googling for that one but i had a blast with this issue i really did um so i think uh i think it's worth uh anyone's five bucks personally is this the ongoing series or is it a limited run? Do we know? I think this is a limited run. I think it's going to be limited. Okay. It's, but but we don't know off because I, I don't see in the solicitations where it says like one of five or. No, it's. I, just, I think sh- this is just an event. It, okay. They tried to hide it. I mean, because if I, I, do I have issue two somewhere? 
So, I know issue one is labeled Spider-Man, but I believe issue two is called Andrew Ooh, Let me ask you this, Pete, because we haven't been in the shop in a while. What is this dark web thing? Yeah, is it, so issue is two it is now? End of Spider-Verse. So end of Spider-Verse. What is this dark web thing? Because I feel like, is that happening on the side of this? I uh, I think it might be. The, is, is it being printed now? Because I feel like it might or be. Or is it solicited uh, in the future? I thought it said starting in November, and November? it's November. Okay, I'm not sure. That might be a, a flashpoint beyond uh, Dark Crisis. Because on the back, there's the advertisement for Gold Goblin number one. Yeah, that's a dark are... web prelude. Uh, uh dark web so probably there. It's probably just their next Spider-Man event. That's what I'm assuming. Um, because I've seen pictures, pictures. I've seen advertisements with you know the normal cast of Spider characters. So I just yeah, I just figure it's the next event. I, you know, probably that's, that's why what Marvel to, Comics does. Flashpoint yeah, Beyond what... and Crisis, Dark Crisis, because it's like, well, what's what what event's going to change the DCU? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so it's what happens. Are yeah. you searching yeah. Dark Web? I was yeah. trying to figure out. I I can't I can't find any confirmation of how long this series is supposed to be. So we'll just we'll figure it out. Well, Dan Slott does what he wants, so he probably said, yeah. I'm going to keep going until I stop. Till I stop. Maybe that. But I tell you, I'm going to tell you the last one. I guess we're just along for the ride. When I'm done, I'm done, right? Yeah. All right. So let's pick up to the main title, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 6, Issues 9 through 12. Um, I got to say, Issue 9, Issue 9 and 10 are interesting because they're both tie-in issues, right, to bigger events going on elsewhere. Issue 9 ties into the X-Men. Issue 10 apparently ties into uh, the Avengers. I think Issue 9 is just like a dud. My- oh God, because when he came home to read him, he's like, how's Spider-Man? I go, well, it's great. I go, I don't know what's going on in nine. It's like, just, it, it was black suit. Like where it was, come from? With yeah, eyes. it was so irritating to me. And then like, you're using Mary Jane as like, like yeah. a real focal point, something that they wouldn't, he wouldn't do. So it's, it's part of that final judgment, which I, again, I, these big events I I've stayed away from the last few years. I just don't have the money nor the time to, to read these crossovers. So nine to me is bizarre, but oddly enough, I enjoyed 10. Yeah, no. Oh, I think 10 is brilliant. I think 10 is nine is so out of place though. It's so nine is just, yeah, it's like, and it's, it does it say on the cover. It does. Right. It says it's part of, yeah, it says hellfire. Yeah. So there was a warning cover. Yeah. The one on. thing I'll say is I do like the artwork of ten, and it's cool seeing them chilling with Wolverine. But that's about it. You're talking about nine, nine. nine. Or, yeah. Sorry, nine. I don't. That's about it. Because other than that, I'm utterly confused that, like, Mary Jane is like this token that this Moira need. Like, I don't yeah. even. I, I. I'm can. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely Whatever. parts of the story that I did not read because it's not being printed in Amazing, and it's just. It's the it just comes to the effect of it's a tie-in issue to something that I haven't read. That's the aggregating thing when they do these big crossovers and and then an issue is so heavily a part of it and it's just so out of place for for what you're reading or whatnot. I to me I I don't I don't like when they do this. I wish they would just. The thing I will say is there is the interesting piece right at the end where he's trying to talk to her and she's like, "Yeah, you know I can't do that." And... Well, that leads me to like, what the hell did he do in that six month gap know, we man. don't know about? What is I'm going so on? We still don't know. 
Because I think says, Wells has been on a roll up until nine, and I don't think this is his. Pro- I don't think this is his fault. No, no it's, it's not, not his fault. fault. No. He just had to yeah. tie this in, which I'm impressed that he was able to tie it back in here at the end. But when she says it's not about Peter, it's about responsibility. It's heartbreaking, man. Oh, it's, it's responsibility, it, man. Yeah, <laughs> but know? issue ten. Oh yeah, just the message throughout, and then you're seeing various people. You know, and, and, and obviously, like the judgment that goes through like the the essence that is Gwen, right? Peter trying to prove himself. And then yep. you see it through people with, with Kamala. She has she has Captain Marvel over her. And yeah. Jameson has his own issues, right? And yep. then Peter interacts with Miles and they have a heartfelt moment. And it's just it's a whole issue about heart and emotion and kind of yeah. repenting for your sins. And where nine missed the bell dropped the ball, 10 picks it up and runs with it for a touchdown, in my opinion, as a tie-in. Because it, it's clearly tied into a greater, greater um, story, but it's almost a standalone issue. It's so right. self-contained. Yeah. So, so this issue is good because they everything's kind of explained what's going on. There's this celestial, right? Yeah. This one that, that is that has been awoken, and mm-hmm. for basically to dummy it down, they're judging. He's judging mankind. Should mankind exist, right? And yeah. everybody is feeling like maybe the world's going to end. Some people are taking it seriously, right? And some people aren't. They're like, whatever, you know. But it's Pete. This is, is again, one of those issues where why we love Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Because it just gets to the essence and core of his character. Using Gwen as, like, the vehicle or whatever, the mind, you know. And and, and you're so right. So that part's beautiful. And even all the tie-ins are great too, like Jonah trying to repent for his sins and he's apologizing to Robbie that he didn't treat him good. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. Just, so even oh, in a heavy for years, yeah, yeah, yeah. So even in this emotionally really deep thing, they're able. He's able to throw some humor in there, yeah. and bring some levity to it. But I love this issue, and I told. Nick, when he came I home, love, I'm like, you're gonna love issue time. I love this yeah. one, and like you said, Pete, like you could treat this as just a standalone issue, just a really cool story about Peter. I love the characters; all some are serious, some are humorous, but the way they're all, yeah, trying to apologize and share their true feelings, which is great. You're right; he has great moments with Aunt May, with Jameson, with Miles, and then the fact that he does get to he does get to see Gwen for for like a minute there. Oh God! And, oh wait, you're gonna make me cry now. I forgot Aunt May when Ben's there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Too. That's beautiful, man. And then I like how for a second Gwen judges him when she sees he works for Norman and he has to explain. He has to explain all of it. And that he's trying yeah, to do a so good, good thing, right? Yeah, and then so good. And so and then good. he gets he gets approved because of that, right? So he's not judging the yeah, that's great. In a terrible way. So he gets his reward, which is I guess talking to Gwen for a second. But then I do like how it it kind of messes up Norman for a yes. sec at the end, which is interesting. Yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite parts, and uh, your father mentioned this, how like some people are taking it seriously. Uh, Randy Robertson, he's like, I don't care if the world ends or not. I've got to get fitted for my talks. I'm getting married. Oh, that was yeah. the best. Yeah. He's got to get the I think that's just like, that's great. Kind of like, it's a good little like joke in there. And I thought it was very funny. And then again, it ties into Peter because he's like, I told Randy I'd go. I can't back out. And then Gwen's just staring at him with yeah. like, her, her red bubbles. And right. he's like, I've got to do this. I have I to do this. You know, yeah. like it's 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 a classic moment. It's there's so many classic moments. Um, and the ending of the book where she just, you know, we've only got a few minutes, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, like Nico said, that just sends Norman over the edge. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, because we saw, you know, Spencer tied into Sin's past. And it's like, oh man, they're still go they're still tied into Sin's they're past. They're still doing this shit, man. <laughs> I mean it's great because yeah, it's, it's good it though. It sends the fanboys into a rage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's powerful though. It's good though. Because you're you're just drawn back to what he did. And yeah. it's and haunting. Even, it's it's there. interesting that while Peter is being judged by Gwen, it seems that Norman was also being judged by Gwen. Yep. And it's like, oh man, like I, I I'm just like I, I feel like I have to pick up on this whole celestial thing because it doesn't really pick up on it on in eleven. No, like eleven's no. kind of it, it the start of a new story. Down. So I'm wondering what like it's it almost ends on a cliffhanger. Yep. Like what's going on there? Maybe we get it a uh, glimpse of it in Golden Goblin. I know Norman's getting his new a new series. Um, that might be a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't been reading along, but um, it's happening. Um, issue twelve, I mean issue eleven and twelve were pre- were pretty damn good. Um, yeah. Ned Leeds, Betty Brant, Hobgoblin's back. I mean, we just spent uh, a few minutes talking about uh, animated Hobgoblin. What did you guys think of the return of this Hobgoblin? Here? Oh man, it was great. What I like the most about this is it is a throwback to that first Hobgoblin story, which once again, if you haven't read that, it's some of the best Spider-Man stuff ever from Roger Stern, but it was cool seeing the Hobgoblin with the mystery again. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, oh, is it Ned? Okay, wait, it's Roger Kingsley, but wait a minute, he was there when he got attacked. Right. He takes off the mask, it is him, and then there's the double gobbies at the end. Yeah. And I like how Ned... When he was brought back in that Spencer stuff, I was curious like how they're going to use him and how he is kind of being tricked into thinking he still is the Hobgoblin again. And uh, I love the way Romita Jr. draws the Hobgoblin too. He's got a cool look where even though it's a mask, he does look kind of like real and demonic. Uh, love the artwork, love the action. And yeah, I, I just love the mystery here. Whenever the Hobgoblin is involved, Stuff gets dicey because no one really knows who that's well, gonna be. What's great, what's great is the story though with Ned, where you know, Peter obviously he still doesn't completely trust Norman, right? But he's doing his best and he wants to have faith and believe. And then Ned hits him with this thing that he's he's been seen with Kingsley, right? And you're yeah. like, so it's cool because it's it Pete, it, as you read in the story. Has has the reader? Do we ever? Will we ever trust Norman Osborn? Will we ever believe? Uh, right? My answer is no. Of course <laughs> I not. Never and, and so and so there's but but the this whole run has been great because there's times where I do trust him, mm-hmm. but then just when you feel safe, right, they pull the the rug right from out underneath you, and so Ned Ned's participation in this is vital, Betty, and so. Yeah, you're right, Nick. The the whole thing when you realize it's the two of them, and then of course Norman winds up in the hospital. But this is this makes me feel like even though it's so contemporary and fresh, I still feel like I'm reading the Spider-Man of old, and that's the biggest compliment that I can well, give to the to the writers to the stories right now. And of course, the artwork is fantastic. A little bit of that for me, I agree with you. Spider-Man of old is the the Spider-Cat relationship. Yes, that that we see it move a lot faster in issue eleven. Yes, Spider Man actually grows a pair and decides to ask her out. Now, of course, she's you know the girl with the curl, so she's going to tease him for a little bit. But it's nice to see him kind of. Usually, she's the aggressor. She's the one who kind of moves that relationship along, and it's it's nice to kind of see. I don't know if Peter's rebounding right here. Well, but it's it's fun to see. Here's the thing. This is how I look at it, 
and I'm glad you brought that up because I was bringing this up later. It's fun to see, but I feel such pain for Peter because I I still know he his love is Mary Jane, wow. and so for me to believe that he thinks in his own mind that he could move on from her, I don't I like I feel like so such empathy for him because I'm like, dude, you're just so hurting right now you. that you're. Am I right or no? What do you think? I gotta turn the hat backwards. Yeah, because right I got uh, I got serious right here. I. Uh-uh. I I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, go. At the beginning of this run, I didn't think this was possible. But now I'm thinking about it. Yes, do I feel like ultimately, like you said, Dad, we're we're, we're probably going to go back to MJ. We are. But with the way they're milking this whole he's now with MJ thing, to have him ask out Black Cat, and then to have an issue 10 with Gwen be able to tell Gwen that like he loves her. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the ongoing debate in Spider-Man fandom that his true love was actually always still will be Gwen Stacy. And that's why yeah. him and MJ don't 100% always work out. I won't tell you where I fall on that. That's another show. But I, you think they're soft trying to be like, see, it's not, it's not. It's, it's not always MJ. It's really not always going to be MJ. We're going to let him be with Black Hat. See, we just reminded you how much he loved Gwen. I, like I don't know. You planted the seed. You plant. You just planted that seed in my head. I want you. To <laughs> you I'm just a- did that. But there's yeah, something well, to be they- said when you go from nine to ten to eleven here, where it's MJ's rejection, Gwen's judgment into the asking out of Black Cat. As bad as most of nine is, that end piece really flows really well into the next two issues. Yeah, it creates yeah. a lot of conflict. Yeah, I mean, you got to let go at some point, too. I mean, uh, you know, he can't, he does have to move on with his life, but it's, this is so interesting to me. I'm enjoying this. It's good writing. This book, book, (laughs) it it, it is so fun to have the amazing Spider-Man. Wait till you get to 13, guys. Oh, shit. Okay, I gotta go. I can't go tomorrow. I'm gonna have to go during the week, you know. I will say my favorite part, though, of these, uh, of these books so far is uh, issue 12 <laughs> when Hobgoblin sees that Spider-Man has a glider and he goes, is this a joke? Thank God someone else is thinking. Yeah. Me. So I'm glad Wells is having some fun with that. Um, these books have been phenomenal. Um, I, I've, I really am enjoying this. Um, I don't, I'm, I've totally forgot about the ugly suit with the orbs and the glider still gets me every once in a while. Cause sure, it's very noticeable. Sure. But overall, like you said, Wells is a fantastic writer, and uh, he has been booked. I, yeah. I really, I care about Spider-Man in in a in a way that I haven't really cared in a long time. And in years he, for me, he's got this emotional attachment, and I enjoyed what came before. You know, I enjoyed the Spencer run and even parts of uh, what um, Slot was doing. But I, I really do think this is really top-notch stuff. It's top-notch Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm loving every bit of it. One hundred percent. Me too, man. I'm in. I'm all in on this stuff. And like I said, uh, you know, I feel like a kid again reading some of this stuff because it's like eagerly awaiting week to week. And um, you know, as soon as we get these, I'm reading them right away too. Like I'm not letting them sit. So and there's no shortage of books either. You know, we got that Spider Verse that's continuing. Yeah, that's ongoing. The Lost Hunt, which we'll get to next month. Yes. And amazing, like, it, it, you know, it's it's really good. And whatever this dark web thing is, maybe gold. Maybe we'll talk about Golden Goblin. I don't know. I, yeah, we'll see what happens. Gold Gobby. Yeah, I'm very. 
because even that, even the conflict within that, like Norman's like, oh, I can't step in the suit, but I'll send out like this fake goblin out to say, you know, like it's just, it's interesting. Like I, the conflict within Norman Osborn is just fascinating. And it, it, issue 10 uh, really kind of was like, oh, wow. Like I'm, I, mm-hmm. I, he's not, he's not cured, you know, like yeah. there's still some, there's still some evil in there that's going to ah. come loose at some point. And it's going to, I can't wait to see it. I really exactly. I've but it's still showdown. But even though it feels like it's it's like Captain Obvious, the way they're going about it is is interesting to read, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm looking forward to it because you know sometimes these tropes are like ah, I know what's going to happen, but th- he's writing it in such a way that I it's thrilling for me. Yeah, I mean, like Nico said the double goblin at the end of uh, was it twelve? Yeah, twelve. I was, yeah. I was like, whoa! I, remember, I was like, this is what I'm talking about. This yeah. is what so we need. <laughs> yeah, two of them. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm like. I'm glad all these goblins are getting along. It just makes for yep. good comic books. Just good goblins. Good goblins. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the best. I'm. I'm. I'm telling you, like, amazing hasn't been this good in a long time, and I'm really happy with it. I firmly agree with you. Amazing hasn't been this good in a long time. And it's damn good to see. It is. Now, let's just get into some news real quick. We got some Spider-Man tidbits. Um, Insomniac Spider-Man Two is on track for 2023. Uh, they tweeted out to a friend, uh, a person, not a friend, but just some random Twitter handle, uh, quote, they're making good progress and it's still <laughs> slated for 2023. Sh- uh, showing games takes time, effort, and resources and coordination, and they promise the game will be darker than the last. Uh, I haven't played it. I'm an Xbox guy, so I didn't. Nico, I don't um, know if you have. Yeah, um, you had, of course so you're not. You're the gamer. So I did play the Spider-Man PS4 game, and I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Um some people are trying to say it's better than the Arkham games, which I disagree because the Arkham games are three of the That's greatest video games. The, the, the three of the, the greatest games of all time and Arkham Origins, damn good. But no, it's great. It's one of the best Spider-Man games I've ever played. My only critique is that uh, some of the villains at the end were like not as challenging the fight. They mm-hmm. kind of sift through them really quickly. Um, it's mainly him versus Doc kind of thing. But they plant some cool story seeds, and in this one, I mean, it's Venom, and there's going to be the That's black the suit villain? and stuff. Okay. Venom is supposed to be the main villain in this one, so uh, I'm very excited. And it's Peter and Miles, which is cool. He had his own offshoot game that came out for a side story. Um, so it's Peter and Miles and Venom, and which other characters they choose to bring in. Uh, so I think the game is great. I'm very excited for it. Going to have to get my PS5 for it, which I don't have. But luckily, I got until 2023. Ooh. Some you're, point. You're making Ooh. that money, huh? Well, I got. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm going to have to because I got to play Spidey. Yeah, I got to play Spidey. I have I, contemplated I actually buying a PlayStation 3 to play Spider-Man because <laughs> it's just cheaper that way. Because <laughs> I believe it's on you, PlayStation 3 as well. I think it, it is. Yeah, so I, I, I might think just, it was I on might just go the cheap man route. The graph, I, I, you know, at this point, it's like, how much more HD can I get? <laughs> to be brutally honest. So, what do you, how do you feel about the whole darker? You, you think it's darker because it's Venom? Like, yeah, you, I'm you excited for that, or do you think it might be too much? I think there's room for it because I, I don't want to spoil, um, the game, but the game ends very bold and bittersweet. Okay. Uh, with where they leave Peter, with where they choose to leave Peter, and I think having the symbiote be introduced and venom be introduced with where peter is mentally but also the high stakes of that and a formidable villain now that he also has the responsibility of miles to protect i think it can be darker and pretty cool and uh i'm curious how they're going to do venom because once again i don't want to spoil but there's a very 
um, dark subplot reveal on why the symbiote's even in New York anyway. So oh. is it, would you say it leans more traditional or more ultimate? Uh, more ultimate. Okay. Not really traditional. And um, it's something they've done. I'm trying to remember back to some other pieces of media. I think it's something they've teetered around with what the symbiote can do in terms of like keeping someone healthy or whatever, which they've done before. Uh, it's kind of that route they're oh. doing. And so it's in so it's in New York right now for a medical reason, not that it came from space. Fascinating. I so might, I might do it was it was interesting. It's a pretty crazy subplot, and it's like it's and then it pays off in this like end credit scene, and then that's going to be the game. But what I'll tell you is, in the second game, I don't know if Eddie Brock's going to be Venom. Oh, that's my only thing I'm interested interested in. Okay, is if they're going to make they take a lot of liberties in the first game. Not that many. Uh, they bring in Miles Quinn. What? I wouldn't call it a liberty, but they make a bold choice with uh with a character and uh a couple fates of some characters. You can't spoil it because people have played this already. No, I'm well this is a P1 stuff. Yeah, I but you. I, okay. I mean you're talking about somebody who's got to go out and buy a PlayStation 3 to That's get this. True. So yeah. like I'm not really worried about spoilers at this point. So myself. the biggest thing at the end of the game is Aunt May dies. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I knew that. I knew they did. Yeah, that. yeah. Okay. She's she a very powerful scene. And then the symbiote. so uh Norman's just Norman in the game. There's no Green Goblin. And Harry is, Norman keeps saying he's on some trip. Like Harry's like a scientist in this world. So he's like traveling the world and like helping people. And it turns out he's dying and Norman has him in a chamber. And the, the symbiotes what keep, is what is keeping oh, Harry alive. Wow. Sounds very amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it sounds very amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you find out that, yeah, he's he's keeping Harry alive because Harry's dying. And the symbiotes, what he's using that to try to keep him alive. That is bold. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I hate that. And they kill Miles' father in the game. Oh, okay. In the comics and the animated film, of course, he's alive, but that's yeah. his reason for well, becoming Spider-Man. you can't Spider be a hero without a tragic backstory. Yeah. That's true, yeah. So, yeah. so Miles' father. So those are the couple character liberties, Miles' dad, Aunt May. Um, and Peter works for Doc Ock in it, so that was fun. That's a cool twist. Um, okay. That's fun. So instead of doing the whole, he's going the Oscorp route. He's working for Doc Ock. Um and then the Sinister Six was already in the game. Uh, it was Rhino, Electro, Vulture. Is Electro old vintage? No. Or is he just... He's an older guy. No, but I mean, does he have the, the proper... He doesn't have the mask. He has, has more like electronic wings, but he's okay. not... You would hate how Electro <laughs> looks. You would hate how Electro you know, looks. He's just like Papa a guy... is very selective when it comes to... I, like I love my retro. Retro. Is retro. 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 Electro. Retro. 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 Uh, we got to get into that game, That's though. a t-shirt. That's a right. Retro Electro. I would recommend for Spider-Man fans. But the only thing that's like the only interesting thing that like I wasn't always crazy about is like he does have a little bit more gadgets, Spidey, and like you have like a a cop you work with, mm-hmm. which is cool. So they give you a relationship with a detective, and like so, like she'll be calling you and stuff, and she gives you like a tracker and stuff. Her name's Yuri, which is interesting. Um, but yeah. It's fun. There's a great tombstone side Ooh. mission. He's very cool in the game. Tombstone. Okay. Mm. All right. I, I might check this out. And there's Black Cat, of course. There's it the just, cat and mouse thing like, on the side. I want I want a new Xbox so badly, but it's like 
I probably will never play this Spider-Man game because it's like, am I going to buy? A, I could spend that probably like three hundred bucks and buy. You could just two hundred more, two hundred more, and I've got an extra new Xbox Series. Yeah, that's what exactly. I'm saying. Exactly. I, I don't. I don't know what these guys are thinking. These things are way too expensive. They're so expensive. <laughs> They're so I agree. Um, Venom Three has its director. Kelly Marcel, who wrote and produced the first two Venoms, will take over uh, duties. Uh, she will produce with Tom Hardy, and uh, you know the the two of them are coming with the coming up with the screenplay. Uh, it's being produced by Hardy, Avi Arad, Matt Tollick, Amy Pascal, uh, Hutch Parker, and uh, Marcel's best known for her uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. She wrote those. She wrote the first movie there. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm laughing because when you think of everything you just said banger incoming no i'm kidding <laughs> listen yeah uh, hey money money makers are money makers money makers are money makers here's what i'll say on the matter i'm i think in the minority in terms of how much i enjoy those two movies and yeah they're, they're not critically acclaimed but they both made an ass load of money 1.3 uh, billion at the box office i'm excited for three if yeah. it's a good story i got to see i think the first one is much better than people say I and love the first Venom to be honest. And I just loved seeing him in Carnage fight. Like, I didn't need a story in the second yeah, one. Like, really so when we well, reviewed this... Much. I think I, they cut about a half hour of the movie. They did. Right? I mean, go back to when we talked about it, but then when we talked about it on Vigilante, I was like, I didn't care about anything until Harrelson got the symbiote. And then, and then when they fought. Like, yeah. I, I was in there, like, just waiting. Uh, we'll see what they do for three. I mean, I don't know how how big they're going to go. Cause it does feel like this will be final. Like it's going to end. And I don't know if Hardy's. I have no, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know what's going on with this. With these venom yeah. Movies. I think, I think this will segue into the, uh, the MLB thing, right? They, I love the way you put that with Tom Holland, because there was some news of maybe the black costume for him. Right. Well, it's at the end of no way home. Yeah. I mean, they teased it. There. Right. That, so I'm venom. just, I'm just trying to figure out is Venom 3 going to be with Spider-Man or no or I mean I've been hearing what it's another it's another symbiote villain again, right? Probably. Which well, to me is kind of We got to go back to our Morbius show. The end credits of Morbius. Yeah. Vulture and <laughs> Vulture wants to fight Spider-Man and Morbius has no idea who he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, so, I don't know. Who knows what goes on? I don't know where any of this is going, but I I just I I guess when I hear Venom 3, them talking, I, I would have preferred that it is connected somehow to Spidey. And it doesn't sound like it. So I'm confused. There's got to be some connection there, right? Like I said, right? Morbius connects to Spider-Man. Spider-Man connects to Venom because of that post-credit scene. Correct. They're clearly allowing each other to... Marvel's clearly allowing them to work with them here. I what What is that connective tissue? I don't know. But I guarantee you, it's probably not going to make sense. <laughs> Let's do Null. You think Null? I coming? say we do the God. I say we do yeah. the God of Symbiots. Let's get Donny Cates involved. Yeah, well, this way we can bring back Woody Harrelson. Okay, yeah, we'll bring back Woody Harrelson. So that he comes back as absolute carnage, where he's a corpse. Um, I, yeah, I don't you know. Just came I, up with Venom Four, my friend. Right, just came up with Venom Four and Spidey Five. I, I'm down. I mean, yeah, me too. I mean, the the writing and the director choice doesn't have me ecstatic, but like, you've watched Fifty Shades of Grey, haven't you? I've seen. You the watch first. everything. I've seen the first one. Is it good? And, I, like, and it's too no, no, no. That's my Superman and Lois, right? It's the most. That was my Superman and Lois idea. Well, it's our Gosh. just it's our uh, Julia Carpenter. 
Well, I it's our Matt I Black. joked on the vigilante when we did our thing. What should they do with Superman? I said they should get uh what's his name? Jamie Dorian. Yeah, and, and her as Lois to make it a rom com, you know, lighthearted, a lot of action, and just reboot Superman. That was my idea. Well, now they might do that. Maybe they're gonna do her that. Other she, yeah, uh, we'll she would make a great Lois Lane. She could play Amy Lewis. Adams isn't interested anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, wow. Well, yeah. well, they may not be interested. Interested in Amy Adams too, you know. Oh, jeez. So. I uh, when we talk about when we talk about Madam Web, that's the other thing that interests me. It's just like, what are they doing with the Sony universe? It could be know, huge, man. or it could be a they whole lot no of nothing. Clue. And <laughs> they have no clue. as we as we as we talk about, I don't mean to talk out of turn here, but. Haven't we heard too that Craven is supposed to like it's supposed to be really good? Have you heard this? Pete? Have you heard this? Pete? I haven't. All I heard, I, I, I haven't heard anything really saying that Craven's good. All I know is that it's got like no CGI. But tell, but what have you heard? Apparently, you, well, I you've saw heard a this through people say that it, and people were shocked. They're like it's shockingly tested well, really so far. At some point, they, I mean, they've got to have like a critical hit, I guess. Hey, listen, <laughs> some we, we talked about this before. It's a great cast. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think it's the young lady. What's her name? They say is terrific from West Side Story. Ariana DeBose. They say she's fantastic in it. And here's what I'll say. Go ahead. Watch it be critically acclaimed and then we hate it. No, I don't think so. Because it's like he's like an environmentalist. He's like yeah, a humanitarian. Yeah, and we're like we're just looking for him to try to assassinate people the whole time. Like if he's not walking around bare chested with like a lion's mane around his neck, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What if they make the Sinister Six good? Well, and, and they're yeah. <laughs> he's not even bad by the end no. of the movie. No. Right? I have no idea. I mean, I, I'll be there to see it, but like, I think it's all gonna be a shit show. Is Craven coming soon? Uh, January. I have no idea. Or is it I'll next year? It I think it's 24. Okay. I'm just I'm a little confused with what we're getting on the slate. I know that. Uh, I can't keep track of these things. I told Nico, the only thing I know. I'm October 6, 2023. Okay. Is yeah. Titans and Stargirl come out every week. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is too far away. So you know you got that every week, right? Exactly. Yeah. Outside of that, we are just, we, we. it's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it really is. We are going to get some chameleon action in this movie, though. Which we, that's is cool. right, which, which is, is cool. cool. Which is cool. We Hopefully. talked about that, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you do know the, what's his name from uh, Many Saints of Newark, which cast yeah. as chameleon. And he's in a, he's in a he role. He doesn't say chameleon, but he does He does say he does He does change somewhere towards yes. the end of the movie. That He yeah. said that in numerous yeah. interviews. So yep. I was like, oh, cool. Maybe we'll see. Maybe they saved all their special effects for chameleon. For the last for, scene. For the last, the last scene. scene. That's okay. But... Daddy Bats mentioned this in honor of the winter meetings. The rumors are going around that Tom Holland has signed a uh, multiple deal, uh, a multiple film deal for Spider-Man. Uh, this is coming from uh, one of my favorite outlets, Dark Horizons. Uh, he's uh, Garth is saying in other places such as the Express, the Direct, Hyper Beast, Mar uh, Murphy's Multiverse, Comai.comal. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Along with other Twitter uh, personalities, have uh, claimed that. Uh, you know, uh, Holland is signed on and is an extension. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I like Holland Spider-Man. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I hope it continues. I, lo I loved No Way Home more than I thought it was going to. I mm. thought it really balanced things perfectly. Um, and I'd like to see more of 
where that Spider-Man was left off. I'd like to see him going forward. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys feel the same way. Oh yeah. It sounds like that he would do four five and six and that he would be in secret wars, King war and another, and another project. unannounced Marvel project. So six projects. So six, like a six kind of picture deal. It was Which is funny. Dot com. My, my document was, there was no space between .com and all. So oh. I mispronounced that. What, Which they, is what he did the first time because it was yeah, but Civil War. Yeah, that's good. His news. three movies. Yep. Infinity War, Endgame. I'm happy with that. I mean, I, I really like coming out of No Way Home where Tom was his yeah. character, and again, we've got all this stuff out there in the Sony verse and the Marvel verse. I, I do, I do like to see him continue in New York and and have it be a little bit more grounded, but. Unfortunately, at this point, I think the Spider-Man movies just have to be all balls to the wall, mega web action, mega characters. I just think we've reached that point now where you think so. You would have liked to go back to a simple just Spider-Man. Yeah, I would like to see maybe an isolated movie with him. uh, You know, that's what I would like. Developing maybe one villain, Pete doesn't have to. I'm still dying to see Scorpion. They've been teasing. Yeah, I I don't know that it's got to be all like. I mean, we know they're CGI heavy, but I mean, I don't think you need six villains, and I don't think you need. I agree. World, just just his. Give me one villain. In New York City, it doesn't no galactic uh impl- something you know. simple. Scorpions out there robbing banks. That's exactly. it. That, that's, that's all, all I really trying to find Mary Jane. Maybe a new girl enters into the arena and challenges his affections a little bit. And I mean, old school. If they want to make them rob jewelry stores or a right. store for crying out loud, right. I don't care. Just if right. they want to take it back to basics. I'm all with that. Because here's why. We're gonna get Mega Spidey in the in the King War, and we're gonna yeah. get Mega Spidey in Secret Wars, and we're gonna get Mega Spidey in whatever he does in the yeah. MCU. So I would really, really love to see the Sony versus Spidey be just isolated Spidey. Yeah, I would agree. I very much love what Tom Spider-Man is and does in No Way Home. Love where he's left off. Want to see more of that. Want to see him interact with the Avengers and stuff more. And I think you can't do those big crossovers without him. But I also want to see some more self-contained, smaller Spider-Man stories. I think a cool one to do would also be like, the hobgoblin where you don't know who it is and you find out is yeah. Ned one of them. And that's the reason why he tries to be friends with them and finds MJ again. Cause he's worried about what's happening to Ned. Uh, it, there's cool stuff they can do, but I'm with you. Pete Scorpion's right there. Jameson's right there. Have yeah. Jameson hire Scorpion. Yeah. Your brother, JK Simmons. Jameson meets Alistair Smith, Smith, whatever. Spider Slayers could be fun. Absolutely. A lot of fun stuff. Um, also, we got some news on uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Daniel Kaluuya has been cast as Spider-Punk. Um, me, personally, I'm not a huge Spider-Punk fan. I don't really read his fan. stuff. You are or no? No. no. <laughs> no like, I mean, he was introduced. He's, I think he's been around for like seven years or something. Yeah, he's very new. I mean, you great actor. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to see what he brings to the role. This will probably be the most exposure to Spider-Punk for me that I'll get. Um, but that and whatever happens in a, uh, at the end of Spider-Verse, the book. But you know, we'll see again. Just expanding this Spider Verse universe, I'm excited. Uh, let's, it's a brand name actor. Um, I, I still have to see no, uh, uh, Nope. I have not seen. Oh, nope. it's a good. I think it's a good movie. But uh, that's um, probably the only movie of his I haven't seen yet. Yeah, he's great. Did there's another tidbit on top of this? There's like the leaked merchandise, and okay. there's like a '90s Ben Riley Spider Man. Oh, I don't know. If Looks like you see from the he's '90s spoiler. show. Really could be cool. Okay, I think they're using every. Apparently, they're using everyone in the kitchen sink in these two Spider Verse films because they're doing them back to back, right? Back to back. Okay, 
as long as they don't try to cram it all into one, yeah, then I'm cool with it. Um, and last bit of news: Silk is going to get her own TV show, uh, wow. Silk the Spider Society. It'll be the first show uh, with the deal with The Walking Dead's Angela Kang. She'll be the showrunner. She'll be the EP. Uh, it'll first debut on MGM Plus, and then it'll be available to um, in the United States on Amazon Prime. What's it'll MGM fall. Plus? Apparently, it's a new app. It's it's about to be relaunched with a new name in January. So I don't know. Oh, because yeah. they bought MGM. Yeah. Amazon, oh, now it's called MGM Plus. Oh, oh, that, Amazon okay. Prime will be M- MGM Plus. That makes sense. Uh, is it animated or live action? Uh, it doesn't say. It doesn't right? say that yet. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be live action. Oh, you think it's live action? Okay. With Angela oh. King, I assume it's live yeah. action. Yeah. She does that. Yeah. Uh, how excited are you and Ian? We'll have to get Ian on when I'm that really show comes out. I'm really curious though because there is a Cindy in the MCU. She's cast. Uh, she's played by Tiffany Espenson. Um, I'm curious is if is she going to come over or are they going to do a whole new thing? And if it's a Sony project, I imagine this will be. Uh, their own thing because Sony owns like the rights to 900 Spider-Man characters. We all know that infamous deal from 1996. Um, so uh, I'm interested. I love Cindy. Cindy was one of I think Dan Slott's uh, creations that really resonated with me. I thought she was cool. It is a cool it, character. It, bitten by the same spider that bit Peter, and it was just funny watching this chick, you know, float around New York City just covered in webs for a little bit before she got her costume. Yeah. So, so. Um, me and Ian loves uh, uh, Silk so. I imagine the two of us will definitely be watching this, probably talking about it. Yeah, I'm not as well versed as you two, but I've read her when she crosses over, and she's a cool character. She, you know, who she reminds me of? This is probably a bad comparison, but just in look and feel, she reminds me of like uh, Cass Kane a little bit. I, I'm gonna go with a different DC character. She has a lot of personality traits, I think, that are similar with uh, Jessica Cruz. Hmm. I'm okay. That's a good. That's better one. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. But yeah, like, yeah. and I, I really liked the last volume of Silk. Jameson was heavily involved in that, and he was kind of her mentor in journalism and stuff. Whereas Jameson's the old school guy trying to adapt to uh, the new modern technologies, and Cindy's just kind of been isolated for so long. And I was going to say, is she like a recluse? Is that what she is? Kind of uh, or- not really a recluse, but she was basically kind of like hidden in captivity from the world for so long. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So there's a lot of fish out of water type thing. You know, she's trying to adapt to it and uh, she, you know, she doesn't really understand how to use a cell phone. So like that. So there's some funny moments in there and I'm curious to see how uh, they will adapt a character in this uh, Amazon show or whatever, whatever, MGM plus or whatever it will be. Yeah. Um, I know nothing really about the character, but that's interesting. I might I wonder what other shows they're going to do now yeah. on Sony with, with these spider characters. I don't know. I'm still waiting for Invincible 3. So Amazon's going to get, uh, right? Yeah. Is it three or two? I can't remember. Two. Oh, dude, that show is legendary. Yeah, I, it just it feels like it's taking too long to get a season, uh, the next season out there. But you know, it is what it is. I, like I've got so much stuff to watch. I, I'll just rewatch Sixties Aquaman. I'll be happy. Sixties yeah. Aquaman. This one. Have you ever watched that? No. Have you? <laughs> I don't remember. No. Oh my god! It's, they don't call him Aquaman. It's Aquaman. 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 It's the famous Aquaman. Aquaman. It's, it's very funny. It's very funny. funny. It's it's classic, and I think he calls Aqualad tadpole. <laughs> Hilarious. That's good stuff. All right, boys. I think it's time to close out the show. So let's yeah. uh let's do the plugs. Let's get let's out of here. It. And uh we all got stuff to do. Yeah, everybody can find me at Anchorso Jr. on Twitter and please follow our other show, The Vigilante 1939, the three Nicks we do with our good friend Nick Zednick, where we talk everything superhero stuff. And go ahead, you can plug 
through 9,000 things. It sounded like you were going to finish no. that sentence. He, he, he kind of he left it on a cliffhanger, didn't he? Yeah. He left that sentence on a cliffhanger. That's all right. I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> hey, now I am. You can follow me everywhere at Nico Caruso, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox at Nico Knows Film on TikTok. Uh, you could see some other shows I've been on. Um, did you talk about Right Between the Eyes, no, our Kiss I podcast we do with Rob Myers, Three Generations of Kiss fans? I sometimes appear on the Comic Binge. And then right here at the Italian Spider Man Coalition, maybe Webs. Paul Herman has no respect for me. He hasn't invited me on the Comic Binge. No, no, no. I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous. Oh, no, you are. I know I keep saying this, but we're getting I'm you on. Jealous. Yeah. I'm jealous. Because I love Herman and I love Seattle, so I get really upset. You will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite platform bureau, at Pete Illustrated. <laughs> follow podcast number one, uh, Straight Out of Gotham. That's the news-based podcast, at Straight underscore O underscore G. I co-host that with the champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman. Uh, follow this podcast, the podcast you're listening to now on Twitter, at Italians for Spidey, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition. Um, I'm all over BatmanOnFilm.com, all over Batman on Film YouTube. Check out at Team Yellow Oval. Um, and I see, I feel like that's pretty much it. Straight Out of Gotham's got a Facebook group and fan page, all that jazz. So uh, if you like Hasbula, check out I, I was going to say Hasbula. Hasbula. Hasbula has gotten me 1,500 followers in like a month. And I'm I'm doing my best. Really, to to plug it. it's really insane. I went from 400 followers to like 2,000. It's really insane. And I'm all doing best. Hasbula tweets. Or I'm not tweets, just Instagram. So I'm oh, trying to piggyback so- Hasbula into my podcast. So I'm like, if 2,000 people follow me, they've got to at least see one of these podcast posts. Yeah, it's a stereotype. You know, a Hasbula fan <laughs> account. <laughs> it's really insane. So my Instagram has turned into a Hasbula fan account. But um, did you see the video where he punches Shaq? I have that. That's got like twelve thousand likes. It's insane. It's really insane. I don't know how. Like, I, and I love him. He's amazing. Yeah. He's the greatest man under four feet tall in the history of society. <laughs> I have a Hasbula sweatshirt, Pete. I'm gonna have to send you a picture of it. Uh I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Uh, Garrett Lauer sent me one of those color changing mugs where oh, he I saw the, the mug, man. Yeah, and uh, they sent me a Hasbula air freshener, so that'll never leave my car. It's just he has his... merch, man. He's the best. He's incredible. He's a legend. We got to get him on the show. We gotta get him. He won't even know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, he'll be like, no, "What?" No, because he's a true man. Yeah, my children talk about Spider Man. Yeah, right. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Anyway, once again, thank you for listening to the Italian Spider Man Coalition podcast. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. And remember, with great sauce comes great macaroni. Until next time.